on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. New features are coming for video creators on Facebook. We talked about Pinterest's new e-commerce features for retailers. And get with the program and just turn this off now because podcast consumption is down. Shep told us why you might catch her TV on its side this weekend streaming that Facebook Live. Amen. And Jess has a hack to help you survive the puzzle shortage. Just make sure you have a printer at home. All on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news, a proud part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Tune in to our critically acclaimed Famous Friday News Show for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. If you want to follow along, just check out our show notes or head over to marketingoclock.com for all of the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Hey there, I'm Greg Finn. I'm Christine Zernheld. A.K.A. Shep. And I'm Jess Budd. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on April 3rd, 2020. Remember, you can catch our famous Friday news show each and every Friday morning. All of your digital marketing news from the week. Powered by the digital marketing community. Join us in the conversation. We are at Marketing O'Clock everywhere. What's going on, y'all? How is the home lockdown treating everybody? Um, since everyone's asking for an update on my puzzle situation, we did finish the puzzle last night, and then I went online to get another one because it's like, what else do I have to live for at this point? <laughs> and there is a puzzle shortage in America right now. You cannot get a puzzle until late May from Amazon, unless it's like a puzzle for babies. Like, I'm not messing around. I need a minimum of a thousand pieces. And there's no. What a travesty! This is the this is the <laughs> this is the real thing people should be talking about, Shep. So now I don't know what to do. I mean, you don't have. Dude, what any... about electronic puzzles? Don't they make those? That's gonna like hurt my neck. You have to stare at your screen <laughs> all the time. I was really liking the puzzle. What about Jess, coloring books? Doing? I'm. I mean, I'm doing okay. We've discovered the Pluto app on Xbox, which is basically just free TV, but it's all old TV. We've been watching a lot of '90s American Gladiators, which is Wait, really inspiring. Weird reality stuff. Get out of here. <laughs> I know, so typical. But I, we didn't even know it was out there, and it's completely free. And there's just all this old content. Like it's amazing. What this is isn't American a plug, Gladiators? Nitro Hawk Turbo. How dare you? You don't Shut know what American you. Gladiators is. You're too young, I guess. Sorry. It's basically like a physical competition amongst Americans and their gladiators. I don't know how to describe it. like Herculean, you know, swole bros with tennis ball guns. It's amazing. Like everyday athletes competing with these guys in like glitter suits, glitter wrestling suits. You're missing out. Yeah. Okay. Maybe there's a puzzle about it. Maybe there's a puzzle about it. Look for it on your uh, doorstep here. All right. That's for our sponsors this week. This week's episode of Marketing O'Clock is brought to you by Ahrefs. Whether you work for a big brand, run your own small business, or do freelance work, getting traffic to your website is always an issue. Ahrefs is an all-in-one SEO tool set that solves that problem. It gives you the tools you need to rank your website in Google and get tons of search traffic. If you want to learn more, check out their blog or YouTube channel for step-by-step SEO tutorials. And they have a seven-day trial for only seven bucks. Head on over to hrefs.com, that is A-H-R-E-F-S.com, to sign up. And today's show is also sponsored by Optio. 
Optio helps Google Ads managers automate time-consuming manual tasks so they can spend more time on high-level strategy and creative work. Optimize accounts, monitor performance, track budgets, and get alerts when important changes happen. Right now, our listeners can get a six-week free trial of Optio. Go to optio.com forward slash S-E-J. That is O-P-T-E-O dot com forward slash S-E-J like the Strategic Entrepreneurship Journal to get started. Optio.com forward slash S-E-J. It's better than the 30 days you get if you don't use that link. Thank you to our sponsors. And we're going to dive into some features that can help you out later in the show. And first up in the news this week, new interface. Who dis? (laughs) Microsoft Advertising, the platform formerly known as Bing Ads, has a fancy new look that is more geared towards agencies. You may remember us talking about this in October when it was announced, and it's just now rolling out. I do not have it yet because I never get anything early. Do you guys have it? No. No, but I bet Stephen Johns does. I bet he does. I'm always just like waiting around, always the bridesmaid. So when you do have it and you log in, Multi-account managers will now see a new manager account overview page, and you're able to customize the performance tiles on the page based on what matters to you. The example Microsoft shows in the screenshot they have are devices, accounts, and performance overview. And there's also a top changes tile that will show you what's changed since the previous period, which is a nice one to have, which is it's also just really funny because those are the exact tiles that Google Ads has on their account overview page. Um, I don't think that's a coincidence here. but <laughs> Strange. <laughs> yeah. They say they're going to be adding new tiles in the future, so be on the lookout for that. Great. And we are going to keep it in the Microsoft realm here for our next article, which comes from Ginny Marvin, the one and only Ginny Marvin over at Search Engine Land. And there was a Microsoft Elevate event on Tuesday of, of this week. Had no idea about that, but a lot of good sound bites came from Rick Vanderkui. And he said, I don't know if I got that right. How do you say K-O-O-I? Kui? I don't know. It's a Koi? Cool looking name. It yeah. Is. <laughs> Why do you say cool? Like Rick Vanderkool? Man, that'd be a name. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he'll Anyway, Rick, <laughs> Rick said that search is more important than ever. He is the vice president of Microsoft Advertising. And he said that during the last downturn of 2008, search outperformed all other formats. Given stay-at-home and online media consumption, consumers are doing more online research, search, and shopping. Another good sound bite that Vander Kui said was that <laughs> we could also see lasting disruption to the 90-10 ratio of brick and mortar versus online retail revenue. It's going to shift. We need to think of it as permanent to some level. I don't like that. I don't like the permanent part of this whole thing. No. I mean, it's great being home and all, but like, let's have this be a temporary thing. Um, and there was also a rundown of a few different sectors and, and verticals, mainly travel, retail, financial services, and automotive. Uh, spoiler alerts here. A lot of not good. Not good. How <laughs> is Corona on all these things? Pretty bad. Pretty bad. Um, and if you want to see more from specific verticals and sectors, there's a nice follow-up article over on the Bling, the Bling blog. Sounds fancy. <laughs> I like that. We should call it that from now on. That's my kind of blog. Yeah, I think it's on Bing. I always get confused if, if the blog is a Bing still or if it's Microsoft 
it's oh check out the we'll put it in our show notes on the newly designed marketing but you can see more specific vertical presentations and it is on the microsoft advertising blog so again marketing if you want to see all that good data big thanks to microsoft for providing that all right let's move away from microsoft for a second marketers with video content should be rejoicing right now because Facebook is going to be rolling out a bunch of updates that will make your life easier and more efficient and also organize your content better to keep users engaged and promote discovery. That was a mouthful. One point of information, Jess. I don't know if ta- now's the time to rejoice. Yeah. <laughs> rejoice. We have to take comfort in the small thing. <laughs> That's a pretty strong word you're, you're telling folks to do. I mean, we got to have, something's got to give, right? So if this yeah. is the thing that gets us excited, we need to appreciate it to the maximum level. <laughs> this is more like a slow clap, though. Let's not, let's not get people's expectations in a, <laughs> out of control. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> Regardless of how excited you are about this, we'll run through everything that's new here. The bulk uploader for Facebook is now going to allow users to add up to 50 videos at once, which is a lot of video. So while those are uploading, you'll be able to use the time to edit the titles of the video, the descriptions, the tags. You can schedule them into posts and configure settings again, all while those are uploading. And I love multitasking, so I feel like that's huge. And if you want to now, you can set these videos to post at intervals. So you can say, hey, I have all these videos. I want them to post once a week or daily until we get through all of them. So this seems especially handy if you're in fact uploading 50 videos at once super huge. You really probably don't want all of them going live at the same time. So once your videos are uploaded, Facebook has also added bulk actions for managing videos. So you don't have to do all of that while they're uploading. You can manage them in bulk, change some things once they're already there, which again is super, super helpful. Rejoice. So (laughs) to help users discover video content, there's going to be a new videos tab that is available on all Facebook pages. So the tab will house the pages video playlists, which Playlists, by the way, have loads of new features, like a unique URL that can be shared on and off of Facebook, as well as series that pages have. So if you haven't heard of series, it's because those are new, and they're meant for creators with content that should be viewed in chronological order. So they're similar to playlists, but they offer added benefits like the ability to easily navigate between seasons, if that's something you have, and users can easily pick up right where they left off watching last time. So it's all great stuff. There's so much newness going on here. It's crazy. And super timely. If you have videos to put out, this will make it much easier for you to do so. And you should get on it because people have extra downtime right now to consume your content and hence rejoice. All right. We got to upload uh, 115 videos, right? Might as well. <laughs> That's what we're on. This is episode 116. So right after this, let's, let's give that bulk uploader a test. And next up this week, Pinterest introduced a bunch of new e-commerce features. The first is a verified merchant program, and member retailers will have a blue checkmark badge on their profile, and their products will be eligible for distribution across Pinterest shopping experiences, including Shop the Look pins and related product carousels. Pinterest also said that verified merchants will be eligible for, quote, high intent shopping experience and metrics like conversion reporting. Like, I hope so. If you're doing e-commerce campaigns, I hope you're doing (laughs) conversion reporting, but thanks. And they're also introducing conversion insights, 
which will more accurately measure Pinterest impact on website visits, checkouts, and sales across multiple attribution windows. They're also updating their catalog feature, which allows brands to upload a product catalog for ads and shoppable pins. Catalogs are getting new metrics, real-time feed ingestion, user experience enhancements, and the ability to schedule feed uploads. And finally, they're extending dynamic retargeting, which they were testing in the U.S., but now that's going to be rolling out globally. And this is obviously a great time for these new e-commerce features as brick-and-mortar stores around the world are shutting their doors, hopefully temporarily. And Pinterest says search volume around certain terms have climbed. And the examples they have are home organization, spa day at home, makeup tutorial for beginners, and kid-friendly recipes. So you guys, I'm like not the only one looking for relaxation at home with the spa day. You guys were laughing at me last week about my candles. I mean, we weren't laughing at you. We were laughing with you. It's a necessity. And I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday, and he said he went to Walmart, and he asked the lady if she had any face masks, like where they were in the store. And she was like, oh, I'm sorry, you know, you're you're weeks late. They've been sold out for so long. And he was just like, oh, my God, I can't believe I can't get on my self-care routine. And he realized that she thought he was looking for, like, safety masks. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I, when you said face masks, I thought he was playing hockey, like street hockey, six feet apart or something. Or no, he just wanted, like, a nice sheet mask <laughs> for self-care. So people are looking for it. At least okay. The one thing I that is a little much with this whole thing is the name of the near real-time feed ingestion. Yeah. I didn't like that. Like, what don't feed- you like about it? It sounds like like an affliction, you know? Uh, what happened to you last night? Why didn't you come out with, with the boys? Uh, I had some real-time feed ingestion. <laughs> Snuck up on me. <laughs> no, you didn't come out with the boys because you're not supposed to leave the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We were Zooming with the boys last night. <laughs> Where were you? I don't know. It sounds gross. It does. All right. And now on to our Good Vibes and Marketing Win segment where we are only talking positivity here. We crowdsource this from the community. You can join along each week during this affliction here (laughs) that we are all under over at at Marketing O'Clock on Twitter. We'll put something out and the responses we will share here and over on our Search Engine Journal recap. So our first good vibe and marketing win comes from Andrea Cruz, who is accepted to speak at Inbound. She's very pumped about that, and she's going to talk about increasing conversion rates on LinkedIn ads. Inbound was a great conference, and it's even greater now that it has Andrea. So cheers to that, and do not miss it if you're heading to Inbound this year. Next up is from El Chase, El Chas. We got some tough names here, L-C-H-A-S-S-E on Twitter. And they said, I will just drop these here. It was a good month online for two of my biggest clients, and neither of them sell toilet paper or sanitizer. (laughs) And he showed that the conversions were up 33% for one client, um, and the conversion value was up 32%. Another client spent less money and saw a 600% increase in conversion value. We need to get a little more uh, follow-up that came right when we were about to record the show. So check that out again if you want to in our show notes. And hopefully we'll get a little more information as to how we did that. Next up comes from Katie Fett at Katie F-E-T-E on Twitter. And she said, 
We are offering discounted rent to those involved in the fight. We stand with these amazing organizations. And again, this is something that you can have a nice win for your company in general. And she works for Compass Self Storage. They're offering two months of rent-free storage for anybody that's an essential business that is or an organization assisting in the supply chain to fight the global health pandemic. So it's cool to see these ideas come from some digital marketers and make their way out there. Um, and she shared a press release of that. And lastly, here is from Bryant Garvin over at Groove Life, Groove Rings, or I guess it's Groove Life. But he had a big win in figuring out a way to help retailers. They sell a lot of band, watch bands and rings in local retail shops. And they came up with a way to allow these retailers that can't sell anything anymore, almost like an affiliate program, where they're going to give back 27% of sales to retail. So it's a way to kind of out of the box way to try to help some of these local retailers that simply can't you know, be open during these times um, in general. So a lot of good vibes this week. Yeah, Love week. it. Now it's time for this week's Take of the Week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. And this week's Take of the Week comes from the one, the only, Perna Vergi over at Microsoft Advertising. And when I read the name of this article, I... My stomach did went into knots. <laughs> she wrote an article over in Search Engine Journal called Why PPC Marketers Should Fall in Love with Broad Match. And I'm a big Perna fan, a Perna stan over here. Um, but she is making the case for Broad Match. And this is a take, folks. She said, you can fall in love with Broad Match. Sounds implausible, right? Especially when most of us want to run screaming for the hills when we hear the words Broad Match. So she does a great job setting the table. And here's something that I loved from her is that every day on the Bing network owned by Microsoft, my employer, roughly 20% of searches are from completely new queries. And then she goes on and I'm I'm kind of picking and choosing a few lines here, but she says, the goal with broad match is not conversions. It's discovery. And then she makes up a new term, which I love called a broadience. (laughs) And a broad audience is broad match plus audience targeting. And it's for marketers who have identified valuable audiences and are looking to expand and maximize their exposure to that specific audience. So I thought it was a very good take. I didn't want to read it when I saw the name of the title, Why PPC Marketers Should Fall in Love with Broad Match. But Perna is never fails to disappoint. And you should check this take out. It's a great take. Yeah, anytime we have like a relationship name in marketing, that's great. Broadians. Is that like the new Brangelina? And now it's time for this week's I See Why Am I. This is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something you overlooked. But you shouldn't have. This week's I See Why Am I comes from Julie Bikini over on NeptuneMoon.net. And she put out an article called Managing Your PPC Business During a pandemic. This is a very honest post here and talked about some of the um, experiences that she had back in 2008 and just some of the, uh, I guess, the her thoughts in general about having any kind of negotiations or um, just how to deal with business. And I thought it was a really 
just kind of brutally honest and, and, and enjoyed it. She talked about why it's similar to 2008, what's different this time now, what you can do from like a realistic fashion, and then how she's handling renegotiations with some of these clients that, you know, aren't able to actually work. You know, they're not essential and, and can't work. So she came up with an outline that she gives away. You can just copy and paste this thing. You know, obviously don't say Neptune Moon because that's not your company. That's Julie's. Um, but you can grab this <laughs> and see how she's doing it. And I just, you know, she didn't pull any punches and it's great. And if you missed it, you definitely shouldn't have. So go check out the link in our show notes at marketingclock.com and don't miss it over on Neptune Moon. Now it's time for this week's lightning round. Pew, pew. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts, paid, organic, and social. This week's paid lightning round is brought to you by Optio. Optio makes managing Google Ads accounts simple and efficient. It automates time-consuming manual tasks so you can spend more time on strategic or creative work. In times like this, you may not have as many eyes as you need on your account. But have no fear, Optio is here. Optio gives you x-ray vision into your accounts and can identify things from a machine learning standpoint that you might not be able to with just your two little old eyes. So Shep, how are you using Optio? I think a great example of that x-ray vision is that they tell you, Optio will notify you if you have locations of interest enabled in any of your location targeting in your campaigns and they will notify you and tell you to turn it off, which is amazing. Most marketers want to avoid opting into this because they only want to show their ads to people who are actually in their targeted location at the moment of their search. But the setting is just a tiny box that you have to like expand your setting page to see, and it's really easy to miss. So with Optio, you don't have to worry. If you forget to turn this setting off or you make a change in editor and it messes something up, they will notify you and you don't have to worry. Yep. And if you've somehow found yourself managing a Google Ads account, this is something you should give a test of. It's a six-week free trial of Optio. Head on over to optio.com forward slash S-E-J. That is O-P-T-E-O dot com forward slash S-E-J. You can see some of that x-ray vision that Shep talked about. And here's what's happening in the paid universe this week. Google Ads has expanded the number of accounts you can work with in Reports Editor from 10 to 200. And I'm no Jess, I am not a math guy, but that is a big jump. I just checked the math and you are correct. That is a big difference. <laughs> so this is awesome for agencies and enterprises who want to create reports and potentially look at all of their accounts at once. As long as it's less than 200, you're able to do that. And next up, some small to mid-sized Google Premier agencies received messages this week saying that they will no longer have dedicated Google representatives for their accounts starting April 1st. So it's always pretty dangerous to make any announcement, I feel like, on April 1st because people aren't going to know if you're serious. But they meant it. Google said agencies looking for support can do so in the following ways if they're losing their dedicated rep. They can build on their employees' Google Ads experience with flexible online learning on Skillshop. They can access <laughs> technical support for existing clients on Google Ads Help. They can find resources, case studies, and the latest trends on Think with Google, which are all things they already had access to. <laughs> yeah. And also, this article that, that you're pulling from is over on Search Engine Journal and is 
by their new paid search writer, Susan Weingrad. This is a really well done article, and you can tell she's got that agency flair towards it. I loved it. So Google stressed that this has nothing to do with the changes coming to Google Partners or the pandemic. But it's like such a bad look that it has nothing to do with either of those things. You're making it harder to be a Google partner, and then you're taking things away from the and premier agent. The post was updated as well, and Google clarified that this was not due to COVID-19. Right. This was just them getting rid of that in general. So not a good luck, Google. And I'm going to go off here because I can't not. <laughs> it's another reason why good agencies can stand up to Google ads in this ludicrous partners program changes that are coming. If you're not going to get the support, if there's no additional benefit, people can't find you anymore. There's no directory. It's not like a hub spot of companies where you can find, you know, good agencies. You can be less afraid of losing those, those representatives because Google's taking them away. Mm-hmm. They've determined that the partners program is here and it is just to be hacked out as a sales tool. Yeah, you're literally just doing it for the badge at this point. They're just taking everything away. And speaking of taking things away. Oh, okay. I'm ready. And then they say it's not related to the coronavirus. It's not related. It is not related. Then if it's not related, hey, push it out a few months. Push it out with the June thing. Right. Let's push it out two months. Let some of the, let, let's get the curve flattened here. People need help right now. If it's not related to the coronavirus, push it out a couple weeks. Andrew, what are we doing? Why How, could you, you imagine a worse look? Could you imagine a worse look than this? To say, we're pulling your support during this recession, and it's not related to the recession. It's just because we hate you. <laughs> <laughs> And literally the first time I read it, I thought it was because of the pandemic. And I was like, oh, like maybe they'll come back. Like I, I wasn't judging them so much. And then they came out and said it wasn't. Like just don't say anything. Yeah, that's <sighs> really, really bad. Everyone else is out there like taking it to the next level, being extra helpful. And they're just like, yo, this has nothing to do with it. And sorry, bye. Sorry for interrupting the show. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> I'm just going to use my segue again. And speaking of taking things away, all hopes we had of any sensible monthly budgets are gone in Google Ads. They have ended their monthly campaign budget test. It's out of beta and it's in the garbage now. Advertisers who are eligible and using the monthly budget feature have been notified and their campaigns are switching back to daily budgets. So that's just a little weep womp. R.A.P. And continuing on this trend, marketers are seeing posts in Google Merchant Center saying that they will only be offering support through their contact form on the Merchant Center help page as they're trying to keep their support team at home during this time. So this one is is COVID-19. Yeah. The partners is just just to hack you to, to advertisers. Okay. Big difference. Got it. And Google Ads updated their inappropriate content policy this week, particularly the part about sensitive events. So they said content that potentially capitalizes on or lacks reasonable sensitivity toward a natural disaster, conflict, death, public health emergency, or other tragic event is not allowed. Wow. Lots of mouthfuls this week. (laughs) Thanks for bearing with me, people. So this includes price gouging. So I'm looking at you, the puzzle sellers who are selling puzzles for $50 on Prime. 
and using keywords related to the event to get more traffic. Hold up. They're selling puzzles for $50 and they're still sold out? Yeah. I Well, I only saw one puzzle. I could get it late May and it was $50. That is insanity. You could make your own puzzle by then and sell it for $50. You'd have all the answers if you made your own puzzle. <laughs> what are you talking about? I like it that way. We actually tried that once in my family. We wanted to have a puzzle night. We didn't have a puzzle. So we printed out a picture of us from the computer and we just cut it up weird and we tried to put it back together. And it's actually really, really hard. Don't do it. Um, I don't have a printer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. So I, I just love the idea of an inappropriate content policy. And I have a nominee for one that we could add. It is an image that was sent to me today by one Jessica L. Bud of a special Twinkies box. It's Twinkies made with real mayonnaise. That's so offensive. So it's disgusting. That is my inappropriate content, and we will have it in the show notes because it's truly incredible. And I just realized that the box of Twinkies is also on a background of mayonnaise. Of course. Show's gone off the rails. Okay, we'll try to get it back on. Google Ads released some helpful recommendations for things you should be taking a second look at in your campaigns amidst the pandemic. So they say to consider the context and tone of your ads and be careful about words like protection, checkup, prevention, and virus. Those are words that we may have been using in a different way before, but we should be more careful now. And they said to make sure your message is helpful and include relevant information, like whether or not you offer delivery or in-store pickup. They also said to double check your image assets to make sure they are appropriate for the time. So no images of groups or things like that. And finally on here, they say, proactively communicate business changes, like if you have special hours or you have to close due to the pandemic. And they have really great tips in here about adapting to dynamic market conditions like review performance and be willing to pivot or pause ads if you need to. In general, I'm, I'm pretty high on humanity, but these notifications of Google telling people how to act, and Facebook had one too, we, we didn't include it. Twitter had one on how to tweet, like, do people not have a soul to say, yeah, I'm not going to try to profit off of virus? Yeah, well, I can see, like, if you were working in-house and this was, you know, Google Ads was one of many things you do and you already have ads running, it's probably a good reminder to take a second look and make sure everything's PC. And also, I just can't believe, like, I'm watching TV and I see, like, groups of people are, like, a mom hugging her kid in my movie. And I'm just already, my immediate reaction is, like, oh, social distancing. Like, it's, like, changed me. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how long it's going to last. Finally, in paid a story not about Google Ads. Apple Search Ads for apps in the App Store has launched a recommendation tab. It's just what we all asked for. So they have recommendations for new keywords and where you can increase your bids. Surprisingly, the author of this article points out that there are no recommendations for decreasing your bids, just increasing them. Seems familiar. That's nice. (laughs) For Tim Apple over there. Yeah. And because these campaigns use lifetime budgets, they also have a handy daily budget cap tool. And you can find recommended caps in the recommendations tab. So that seems pretty useful. And that closes it out for paid this week. What's happening in organic? This week's organic lightning round is brought to you by Ahrefs. 
Ahrefs makes competitive analysis easy. Their tools show you how your competitors are getting traffic from Google and why. You can see the pages and content that send them the most search traffic. Find out the exact, precise keywords that they're ranking for and which backlinks are helping them rank. From there, you can replicate or improve on their strategies. Why, why replicate when you can improve? Let's just improve on those strategies. If you're not getting significant search traffic, now is the time. Ahrefs tools can help you find topics worth creating pages or content on. You can easily see estimated search volumes, gauge traffic potential with their Keywords Explorer tool. If you are getting search traffic, you can use features like their top pages report to break down which of your pages are bringing in the most traffic and figure out how to replicate or improve on the success. Jess, how do you use Ahrefs? So we talk all the time about how amazing the Keyword Explorer tool is for coming up with content ideas. And one thing we haven't mentioned, though, yet is that it works across multiple search engines, not just Google. So you can do keyword research on Amazon, Baidu, Bing, and a bunch of others. One of those other ones is YouTube. So if you're making a video and you want to see searches that are relevant to your topic on YouTube, you can. Do they have Jeeves in there? Ask Jeeves. He's not in there, but I mean, I'm sure we could, you know, ask them to add that. It's very popular. <laughs> they have a seven day trial for only seven bucks. Head on over to hrefs.com. That is A-H-R-E-F-S.com to sign up today. All right, Greg, what's happening in organic? First off, I need to backtrack. This is my second full week with this new Google podcast. Last week I said it was good. It stinks. Oh. I can't do that top story scroll where you scroll horizontally with the very tip of your t- your your thumb i can't do that it's just too, it's too awkward i just like scrolling down to find what i'm looking for or swiping left you have to go all the way to the top it's too much you did too much with it so i'm out on google podcast i'm gonna give it one more week but get rid of it last week get rid of it <laughs> okay we're gonna stick on the podcast realm though apparently they have been sickened lately due to corona People staying at home have been listening less to podcasts than they were previously. So the U.S. podcast audiences decreased 2% the week ending in March 15th, 8% the week ending March 22nd, and 5% the week ending in March 29th. This data comes from PodTrack, and a few categories are up. News, business, hey now, (laughs) and some other surprising ones are down, like comedies. If you two don't look, what would you guess is the worst category? My instinct would say like travel, but I don't know of a lot of travel podcasts, but that's what I'm going to go with. Yeah, I was going to say health. I feel like people just don't need any more health stuff in their life. They already are reading about it. (laughs) Okay, you're pretty close. Um, Sports, because sports are canceled. And the society and culture, I thought that was funny too. It just took a huge dip. We don't care about society anymore. Who cares about culture? We're home. That's like a huge um, category though. There's so much probably in there. Yeah. They didn't break it out to like murder mystery shop, unfortunately. Oh. So you'll have to do that research on your own. And like, I understand that people aren't listening to podcasts in their car, but even I am at my desk all day and I've just found myself like not turning them on and I don't even know why. It's just something about the environment. Like I'd rather listen to music at home. It's very strange. I'm oh, with you. But yeah. I, I still do listen to some comedy. That, like to me, if out of anything, it's like, I like the comedies. Give like, give me a little pick me up here. Like let's, let's keep it positive. Yeah. I've been listening to my comedy one. Yeah. I listen to all these comedies and I just rant and rave here on, on, on this one. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Next up is from 
Yelp. And we reported on this last week, but I guess I wasn't really paying attention to this story specifically, but Yelp had integrated GoFundMe campaigns into their local businesses. I didn't know that they set those campaigns up. Yelp apparently automatically opted tens of thousands of small businesses into fundraisers, into GoFundMes on their Yelp pages. What? That is crazy. Yeah, and it was not obvious um, when we reported on that last week. Nobody knew that. This news came out like right after our show was released that that this was how it was done. Because when we were talking about it, nobody really knew how you were eligible yet, and those details were still kind of fuzzy. So turns out, you were if you were eligible, you were just opted in. <laughs> right. So you would see on your Yelp page something like "Support Marketing O'Clock," let's say, and it would say "GoFundMe partnering with Yelp partner." And you know, you're supporting Marketing O'Clock, and you hit donate. And you get to a GoFundMe page specifically saying support marketing clock COVID-19 relief in Buffalo, New York. Okay. Do you guys think this is what happened to Lady Gaga's dad? What? Did you hear that story? (laughs) Papa Gaga? It was all over the news that last week that uh, Lady Gaga's dad owns a restaurant in New York City and he was asking for donations to pay his staff. And people are just up in arms that she wouldn't just give him the money because she's Lady Gaga. And I'm wondering if this was what happened. Wow. wow. Probably, it very well could be because these restaurants never asked for this. And then they weren't set up in their – like they were set up for them. It's ridiculous. I had no idea that was what was happening you know, to all these, these wonderful restaurants and Papa Gaga. It's <laughs> the restaurants <laughs> didn't know either. <laughs> and apparently if you wanted to claim that, you'd have to go through – You'd have to opt in, and then you'd have to send a driver's license copy. You put in your business EIN, and some people are calling it information extortion. It just was too too much. And I'm nominating this right now for the worst marketing idea of the year because they put this out like they're being a big help to people. Mm-hmm. In reality, they're setting up GoFundMes on your behalf. That, can you imagine somebody setting up a GoFundMe and putting it out publicly on your behalf when you didn't ask for that? That's bad. It's borderline <laughs> offensive. Next up is an article from Matt Southern over on Search Engine Journal. And the name of the article (laughs) tells it all. Google, marking a business temporarily closed doesn't impact rankings. (laughs) And there was a question asked on Twitter to Danny Sullivan, to his at Danny Sullivan Twitter handle. And he said, could you please work on an option on my Google My Business for the local businesses that are closed due to COVID-19 but still trading in different channels? The temporary closed option will drop the visibility of the listings. Any options? And Danny said, temporarily closed doesn't impact ranking or visibility. It's good. (laughs) That would, again, be the most evil thing ever. If you're like, oh, I'm temporarily closed, and now you lose all the the rankings that you've got from, from, you know, all that local SEO and your My Business page. But it doesn't happen. So if you're temporarily closed, market temporarily closed, it's not going to hurt you. Next up is an article from BuzzFeed News, and it's coronavirus ad blocking is starving some news sites of revenue. And at first I thought it was just a ploy for BuzzFeed News to be like, hey, turn off your ad blockers. <laughs> it was just a bad headline. But um, BuzzFeed so, doesn't need money from ads because they make all their money from Baby Yoda quizzes. That's where the money comes from? Yeah. Disney Plus oh. pays them. Don't you remember that story? No, they're all blunt together for me. <laughs> Greg's not a Baby Yoda <laughs> fan. <laughs> It's a Star Trek thing. It is not. I, I just have to say that to, 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 to get people outside once a month. 
<laughs> anyway, people are using lists of sensitive or controversial keywords to avoid placing ads. We talked about Kirk Williams having something over on Zato that could block a lot of these sites. So some of these new sites, because people don't want to be associated and look like they're profiting off of the coronavirus issue. Issue, that's saying it lightly. I just called a pandemic an issue. <laughs> they try not to profit off of the off of this global pandemic. Um, and in reality, this is really something that probably would be helpful, right? As if you're saying, I'm going to be supporting these these news sources that are going out there and trying to help people safe and informed and in the know. But it's not not the case right now. People just don't want to have their branch out next to it. And I don't I don't blame them. We, we, we've gone out and turned this off for many, many, many paid clients and said, we're going to be proactive on this and we're getting rid of all these heralds and times and everything that, you know, we talked about a few weeks back. Okay. Next up, there is a article from search engine land where Barry Schwartz talked about new performance report email preferences in Google search console. You will be able to choose to show your performance data in the search results. If you want to, you can check which sites we'd like to show. Uh, many times if you do a search for a term that you um, are an owner of a search console, you can see that data show up right in the search results pages. So you can turn that on or off now. And then also there's a opportunity where you can change the email preferences. So you can choose what you want to be subscribed from, what you want to not be subscribed from. So if you say, I want to get notifications about job posting markup for this site. I can choose that and then turn off something like rich results. So it gives people more flexibility. I like that. All right, next up is from Barry as well over on Search Engine Roundtable. And Google Posts now have a special COVID-19 update option. So if there's changes to your business, you can see that pop up. We talked about it last week, uh, but now you can update a status very quickly. So he talked about his company, Rusty Brick, and he added a quick note that said, the Rusty Brick team is working from home. We are fully in operational, but we're not physically in the office. Please be stay and stay home. <laughs> I a little typo there, um, but you can, it's now easier than ever to just have this. It's, it's called a COVID update. It's next to offer and what's new, but it is a actual way you can do that in Google Posts. It, it seems like it's going to be a little little more sticky. Okay, and that's it for organic. Jess, what's going on in social? All right. First up, Facebook is focusing on live streaming as usage spikes during COVID-19 lockdowns. So live video on the platform has grown 50% in the U.S. alone since January, and Facebook has been shifting their efforts towards improving the experience with live video with this change. So there's a bunch of new features that are coming soon, many of which are geared towards making live video more easily accessible, even to those without a Facebook account, which is great in times like this, as well as providing opportunities for broadcasters to make money from live video. So like toll-free numbers for charity streams, for example, which is a really, really nice thing that they're doing. So this is all great, but they did note that with this, they have to shift away, obviously, from other projects that they're working on. So they are pulling the focus away from features that encourage physical contact and gathering. So things like events and Facebook marketplace. So oh, not, not that those features are going away, Shep, but they're just not going to be adding anything new for you for a while. <laughs> That's okay. Cause my mom has really been loving the, um, live church streams. Oh, good. Well, this will help her out then. And then maybe yeah. she can fall and donate money. <laughs> they're all on the book or are they, they YouTube? Nope. They're on the book and they're all the wrong way. Like, 
the priest has the phone like face the wrong way. So last week she turned the TV the other way. Um, so that was- <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Take the TV right off the wall, flipped it over. Let's go. It's been fun. That's incredible. I props for trying or big ups. What am I supposed to say, Greg? What did you say last week? Big ups. I, I think it's mad props. Mad props. props. Mad props. Perfect. All right. Well, mad props to that priest. He's doing a good job. (laughs) Okay. We have talked about this a bunch lately, but social platforms are seeing more and more engagement these days. LinkedIn is no exception. To help promote healthy conversation, pun not intended, so I'm sorry, the platform has released some tips on what to post about in light of current events, aka the pandemic. So some other tips. Again, do do we need this? Do we need this right now? Is Is this needed? I mean, you see a lot of offenders of people that are not taking this like Yelp. Yeah, well, Yelp. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) LinkedIn is probably not the place where we're seeing offenders, but I will read you some of the tips and you tell me if we need this. So some of their tips and they do expand on these, but just some highlights. Discover and comment on conversations that are most relevant to you and be yourself and offer your unique perspective. What? Oh, LinkedIn. Oh my! I know how to LinkedIn right now. Listen, I have had enough unique perspectives on LinkedIn. I don't need any more. Are you Are you on LinkedIn now, Shep? Looking at all these perspectives? I'm there, and I, you know, I'm too lazy to turn off the push notification, so I have to open it all the time, and it's just terrible. Perfect. Well, also, like, don't you don't you like it when people when people expose themselves for being kind of. little bit of an, an a-hole and be like wow i don't like this i was gonna say a weenie <laughs> a weenie that's better <laughs> yeah a little bit of a weenie like I, at least i know you you know so you're like oh uh, i'm just not gonna comment on this so true <laughs> Well, fair enough, guys. Anyway, this I mean, this advice is obviously there's a, a COVID-19 spin on it right now. But its if you need advice on how to engage on LinkedIn, you could use this all the time. So check it out in the show notes. There's more than just those or, two pieces. Or just LinkedIn. Just LinkedIn. Yeah. Just, do you. Do you. You do you. Be unique and offer perspective. All right. So sticking with LinkedIn here, Mr. Stephen Johns, a.k.a. at Stephen Johns 21 on Twitter, shared a Sir Stephen Johns. Sir Stephen Johns? Has he been knighted? I think so. Yeah. I mean, he definitely should be. We'll refer to him as such. So Sir Stephen Johns shared a new way to target users with LinkedIn ads, and it's by company growth rate over the last year. So it's pretty cool. It's like percent ranges of company growth. I feel like that could be an interesting angle to play with if you're like, say, a payroll company or a recruiter or things like that. I dig it. Could be fun. It's out there. Something else that I dig is this new selfie sticker option that Instagram is testing for stories. And you basically take a selfie and then you can apply an effect similar to some of the most common emojis that are out there. So, for example, you can apply those endless tears to your face, like in the sob emoji, which is one of my favorites. So check this out in the show notes so you can see screenshots of how it works. I went into Instagram to see if I had this available yet, and I thought I did. So I got really, really excited, but I don't. It turns (laughs) out there's a regular 
like boring selfie option that you could just take a bunch of selfies of yourself and put them in your story, but there's no emojification. And it just, it's really stupid. Like I made it and you guys, you can see it in the notes and we'll put it in the show notes too. It's just the dumbest feature ever. And I thought that this would be the emoji thing and it's not, the emoji thing sounds really, really cool. I feel like it could be really fun for folks to play with when they're bored. So don't play with this artist that you shared. You look like you're like, like thinking about yourself in thought bubbles. (laughs) That's kind of what happened. I just kept taking pictures. I'm like, this is dumb. And I, but I just wanted to see what it could do. So my face says it all. We'll put it in the show notes. It, this is not an example of the feature. I don't have it yet. If you want to see four guesses, head on over to marketingerclock.com. Or don't. <laughs> okay. Something, again, that probably won't surprise you, Pinterest use is at an all-time high. The platform released their latest trends report this week, and user behavior has shifted quite a bit, obviously. So give it a read for specific stats. But if you want the TLDR for brands, the too long, didn't read, it's essentially find a way to help people stay sane, happy, healthy, be a good cook, kill it as a parent, whatever it is that you have to offer, be the thing that helps someone get through this and they'll remember you when it's over. So that is good advice from Pinterest. Really, it transcends. You can use it anywhere. There you have it. Finally, YouTube plans shorts and it's meant to rival TikTok. It's not their summer wear. It's something they're releasing, short videos I can't. We need, I'm done with short videos. Yeah, it's a little early for shorts here in Buffalo. <laughs> One question with this, for, for YouTube shorts, can you have fangs and, and uh, cracks in your walls or no? You know what? If that's the case, and you probably can because YouTube's not TikTok, then I support this. You're right. That's not, well, we need something now that we canceled TikTok a few weeks ago. So shorts will be it. <laughs> Fair enough. And that brings us to our real life segment, straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise. Chep, what's been happening with your accounts lately? Okay, so we were having an issue this week where we were testing a form on our site, and it was a form that you wouldn't be able to submit your email twice and sign up twice. So it was creating a problem that I'm sure we've all experienced where you like submit your personal email address and like your husband's email address and your nanny's email address and your email address from eighth grade. But I found out that I don't have to keep doing that because you can add in if you have a Gmail account, you can add a plus sign to make your email address an alias. And Jess was saying it works with periods too, but I can definitely say it works with the plus sign. So I was doing C plus test Zernheld at cypressnorth.com. Now you guys know my email address. And it was working every time. And I could, as long as I made the alias different, I could submit to the form multiple times and test the form. So that was a great trick. And it does indeed work with pluses. I've tried it with, you know, Jess.bud or just Jess.bud. It, it totally works. So for me, I use the Grammarly Chrome extension, which I generally love. But I've noticed recently, and I think this is new, that it will autocorrect certain things for you rather than just underlining it in red and telling you to fix it. So for the most part, this has been accurate in my experience. I haven't had too difficult a time with it. But today... It auto-corrected something for me that it shouldn't have. So it changed 
inglese or inglese, however you say it in Italian. It's the Italian word for English. And it, it changed it to the word singles, which is not what I was going for at all. I was trying to add this Italian term as a negative keyword in one of my Google Ads campaigns. So I needed it to say inglese. I didn't want it to say singles. So if you're using the Grammarly Chrome extension, just be extra careful. Watch out for it. If it autocorrects something, it'll underline it with a gray line so you know that it happened and you can revert it. But if you're working really fast, you might not catch that. So just keep an eye out. What about you, Greg? One thing working in my accounts is from Mark, who you've heard on some shows when Shep or I or Jess have been out. But we have an account where it's a software as a service uh, client, and we had reached out on their behalf with a very tastefully written, you know, I wish I would have had all these LinkedIn guides and Google Ads guides on how to talk to people in this climate, but it was pretty <laughs> bad, and we could still write a very tasteful email um, letting people know that some folks that were trying this and didn't have the budget that that some of that the onboarding process would be waived for them and it would be on the house let's say and that turned out to work well got some you know people on for this uh, software as a service client that are very promising just because we showed compassion we took away a cost we gave them an offer and tried to help them out when we knew that their budgets might not be where they were even when they started this. So thing of being human, it can work. Great. Now it's time for this week's WTH. Misguided. You're like, who does that? <laughs> Just get rid of it. I'm over it. When we rant, rave, and roll our eyes about our trending digital marketing topic. What are we coming to? Honestly. See what had us asking. W-T-H. This week. I am so excited to talk about this week's WTH because it combines some of the things that I'm very passionate about. The first is the Netflix documentary, Tiger King. <laughs> and the second is um, my favorite conspiracy theory that Disney named the movie Frozen, Frozen, so that when people searched on Google that Walt Disney's body is frozen and buried under Pirates of the Caribbean, that they would just see the movie. So that's a bit <laughs> of a stretch. <laughs> is it? Is it? Is Mr. D- Disney, Sir Disney, Walt, is, is he frozen? That's what people is, say. Right? And it used to be like something everyone talked about, but now the movie Frozen comes out and nobody talks about it anymore. I'm telling Chep, you. I think you need to let it go. Okay. Oh, nice. If you say so. Well, Mr. Joe Exotic, the Tiger King, took a page from Disney's book and tried to make an awesome name to exploit SEO. So if you haven't watched the show, here's what happened. Joe Exotic is the shady zoo owner slash tiger breeder. And his- Wait, <laughs> how did you not lead with country artist? Oh, plus country artist. Amazing, beautiful voice. And his zoo is called the GW Zoo. And his biggest rival is Carol Baskin, who owns an animal sanctuary called Big Cat Rescue. And the show talks about how Carol is such a good job um, with marketing and she does a great job on the internet and she started when it was really a new thing she has a ton of facebook pop followers she does live streams and she's killing it in the seo game and on youtube so joe wants to take her down and decides to name his traveling tiger show big cat rescue entertainment her mm. zoo is called big cat rescue in an attempt to rank higher than her in the serps and the branding so he just threw entertainment at the end. Like, oh, yeah. I'm going to be Nike Entertainment. 
And the branding is the best part. Like if you look at the picture, it's like her font. It says Big Cat Rescue. And then entertainment is like so lightly written underneath. And it fades into the picture of the snow leopard or whatever cat that is. Like it's almost comical. Like I think he's just messing with all of us. It's amazing. And there's this great scene where one of the producers asks him where he comes up with the name. And he's like, Oh, well, uh, we're the biggest tiger breeder, of, you know, biggest breeder of big cats and tigers, and we entertain people. Like, <laughs> you guys got to watch it. So, so, Shep, <laughs> so, first off, did this hair brand idea work? Yes, it worked for a little bit. And Carol says she got calls from people who assumed that she had something to do with this traveling show, and she had to tell them that she didn't. So it worked for some time, but then in 2012, Carol took – Joe to court and she won and he, he had to pay her a million dollars is the end of the story. But just a fun little SEO twist to everyone's favorite Netflix documentary right now. I was floored when he said it, when they showed that. Like, you're, you're just like, oh yeah, I'm Google Entertainment. I'm like, what? It's crazy that their whole premise of changing the, the, and making this company and like actually creating a company was for search specifically. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. So, Chef, did you like the documentary? Oh my God. It's the best thing I've seen all year. It's so good. You couldn't write it. Like, the characters that come out of it are just incredible. Like, there's just something about wanting to domesticate big cats and just being crazy because all the people are just crazy and so fun to watch. Yeah. I, I made me very sad. The entire thing. I don't know why. I mean, there the were obviously the part, like, yeah, there were some bangers in there. Like, I saw a tiger, and I like that song. Um, <laughs> there was a lot going on in it. But overall, it just was, like, sad. I don't know. It was so sad. It was sad for the cats. It was sad for everybody. Yeah. I, I don't know. I like I that mean, one person, though, that, like, got their arm ripped off and is like, ah, oh, I'm back on the job in 48 hours. Like that, that's that's an employee. Oh, it's not really spoiler alert. Yeah, you see her sitting there without an arm, Jess. It's First like, shot. <laughs> but then there's oh. a guy who's a W amputee, and you're like assuming he got his legs ripped off from the tiger. And at one point, they're like, "No, actually, I didn't get my legs ripped off from the tiger. It was a tragic uh, zip lining accident." Yeah. What? No, it was a zip line. Like what? <laughs> Crazy. Okay, and on to our segment. Segment. First up, we've got freebies, and this is a freebie-ish coming from Google. Due to COVID-19, Google will be giving $800 million to support small businesses in crisis response in some shape or form. The biggest thing for us advertisers is that Google will be giving out $340 million in Google Ads credits. These are available to all small and medium-sized businesses with active accounts over the past year. Now, here's where it gets very, very fuzzy. The credit notifications will appear in their Google Ads accounts and can be used at any point until the end of 2020. We hope that it will alleviate some of the costs of staying in touch with their customers, but they haven't said who is getting it. Is it everybody? It's pretty fuzzy as to whether or not you're getting it. So if you're out there trying to say, I've got more money to spend now, you don't. It's going to come in at some point in 2020, you might get a kickback but it's not really a now thing. So don't go spending extra money thinking you're going to get this credit. There is no detail on who is actually going to get any credits. And again, it's not money back. It's more just add 
credits that you can spend moving forward. All right. Next up, we've got a, a bad sheet this week. And this is over on The Verge. They came out with a very harsh post called April Fool's Day is canceled, you monsters. And then they said, don't you dare, Brands, is the subhead. And they took a screen. <laughs> they, they took a screenshot. They, they said, unfortunately, some brands lack the self-awareness or plain sense to cancel their pranks. And The Verge has already received a handful of absolutely terrible pitches in the past week. The signal more is coming. We're paying attention to the pranks brands pull this year. We're making a list. You don't want your name on this list. We promise you'll regret it. And they take a picture of their Google Sheet list about things, the brand name, the PR firm that's a responsible party, what they did in the link. link. That's a bad list. That's a bad sheet to be on. So what are that's they going to do? It sounds like they're threatening these brands. Absolutely. Yeah. You don't want your name on this list? We promise you'll regret it. <laughs> I don't know. And also, like, again, do we, need, do we need rules and regulations? Do we need people to tell us that you can't do April Fool's jokes? Like, that's a good suggestion. I retweeted one just because I hate April Fool's, but is that, is that what we need right now? Like if you're dumb enough to do something COVID related for April Fool's, that's on you, dude. Yeah. I mean, A, it's the internet. So I think we need to tell people to tone it down because they're never going to. But B, you don't like April Fool's? April Fool's is my favorite like for stupid things. Like, have a bad day, April Fool's, like opposite day kind of thing. You don't like that? It's the best. No. <laughs> no. My kids what do you mean, no? Fool's. You laughed. My kids called their grandparents up and said that, that we got another dog. But here's where the story falls apart. <laughs> they told them that the dog's name was Duke. Like they just put another O in the in the word dog and said do. It's not how you April Fools. Put them on the list. Get them on that bed sheet. Did it work? Did they trick them? No. My parents are like, all right, let me see the dog. And they're like, uh <laughs> <laughs> amazing. And now for this week's cool tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners and is really, really cool. This week's Cool Tool is Open Graph Check, and it's a super easy way to check the implementation of your open graph tags on any page without having to look at the source code. So you just pop in your URL, and Open Graph Check will return all the OG tags that are found on the page as well as the content that's been tagged. So you can easily spot errors, make sure no key tags are missing or that none are duplicated. That's totally free and it makes a great bookmark for anyone that's publishing new content regularly or if you're launching a new site and want to spot check, it's awesome. So head on over to opengraphcheck.com and check it out. Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed, that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. This week's must-read marketing article of the week comes from Patrick Stocks over on the Ahrefs blog. He has an article called, How to Improve Page Speed from Start to Finish, parentheses, Advanced Guide. Patrick isn't lying when he says advanced. He covers the full gamut of page speed 
It talks about why you should care about page speed, how fast should a page load, goes through how a page is built, and then talks about how a browser renders a page, a huge section, and he's got a list of page speed testing and tools, and then how you can estimate the impact of changes. If you care about page, if you've got the need for speed, Patrick <laughs> and Ahrefs is your man on this one. So don't miss that over at Ahrefs, and you can click through in our show notes. Thank you, Patrick. All right, that does it for today's show. Thank you to Ahrefs and Optio, our fantastic sponsors. And if you're looking for another great podcast, don't miss this week's episode of the Search Engine Journal Show. This week, they have Jeff Atkinson, and he's talking about the importance of dynamic rendering. So Brent has a nice conversation with him. And if you are looking, if you're not that that static type of a person, you're going to love Jeff and Brent geeking out over on the Search Engine Journal show about dynamic rendering. Remember, you can catch everything from this show on marketingoclock.com. While you're there, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If today's show was of value to you, please subscribe, leave a review, or share with a colleague. If you are looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. Welcome to this week's episode of Shooting the Heck, where after our famous Friday news shows, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just shoot the heck. And this week, we have everyone's favorite game. Shep, what do we have on the platter for today? Okay, so today we have a really fun game for you that was sparked by my, um, I, I wouldn't say that I actually liked it, but I watched my first season of Survivor. I watched season 28 on Amazon Prime. It was fine. Um, but I realized that they have these really crazy themes for all the seasons. I had no idea. So we're going to play a game where I'll give you three season themes and you're going to guess which two are true and which one is a lie. Mm. Shep, this is a great game. That's my everybody's favorite, but I, even more, I love the fact that you just started out on season 28. (laughs) That's a good point. (laughs) Just love that. I was told it was the best season and it was pretty good. How many seasons okay. are there? That's not the most recent? Literally so much. This was in like 2014. Like the fashion was so outdated. It seemed so old. And there's they're still going. So the first, I guess so I'll just go back and forth. So I'll give you each one um, like category. You won't buzz in. So like just your first. I'm going to give you three. And you're going to guess which one is the lie that I okay. made up. Perfect. Okay. Survivor, Blood vs. Water, where they have families in the mix. Survivor North America, North America, Canada versus Mexico versus the United States, or Survivor Cagayan, brains versus beauty versus brawn. Which one do you think is fake? It's got to be the North America one because that just seems boring. Yeah, it is the North America one. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you make it up? I don't mean to offend you. Wow. Shots fired. <laughs> the Cagayan one is the one I watched. And it's like they have like a bunch of hot people in one tribe and then a bunch of nerds in the other tribe and like a bunch of cops and bodybuilders in the other. And it's brains versus beauty versus brawn. Sounds like TikTok to me. Yeah, it seems super rude. <laughs> okay. The next one is for Greg. Here's your three categories. Survivor, winners at war. Survivor All-Stars or Survivor Big Brother, the crossover season? 
Survivor Big Brother, the crossover season. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> that was a good idea, though, Chef. <laughs> you guys are just going to get all of these. I'm never making a game again. Okay. <laughs> Jess. And I only have four rounds. <laughs> okay, here's your next three. Survivor, fans versus favorites. Survivor Philippines, Battle of the Collars, White Collar versus Blue Collar, or Survivor Heroes versus Villains? Oh, this one's actually hard. Um, what was the second one? Battle of the Collars. So that's the name of the season, and then I just explained it to you. It's Blue Collar versus White Collar jobs. But what was the location? Philippines. I feel like it's that one. That just doesn't seem right to me. Yeah. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I like how you treat it like a spelling bee. (laughs) Can you use it in a sentence? (laughs) Okay, Greg, here's the last three. Survivor, Battle of the Sexes, Survivor, Millennials versus Gen X, or Survivor, Davids versus Goliaths? Definitely Gen X, Millennial. (laughs) No, that's real. What? Gen X? Yeah, they've never done Battle of the Sexes. Really? No way. If you put Gen X out on an island, how are they going to do anything? Oh, I was thinking Gen Z. Mm. Oh, Gen X. Gen X. Yeah. It is possible. I'm sorry. I thought you tried to tell me that there was Gen Z out on an island, and I was saying, no way. No, but I did learn from my research that there was one high school student that competed once. Okay. I didn't listen to the question fully. That um, That was my mistake. Well, you're fired then. Basically, from planning this game, I just have no point in ever watching the show because every season's been spoiled for me. Wow. Sorry. Well, at least you got to 28. You can just new ones from here on out. Just consider yourself caught up. Okay. And we will see you next week.